Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Championship? No, but we got that dub tonight. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast post-game show. Johnny Venerable, the GM, Saul Bookman, the Arizona Cardinals, and Jonathan Gannon's debut as head coach, beat Sean Payton, beat the Denver Broncos at home in emotional, miraculous fashion. David Blau, Saul, what do you make of it? emotional preseason I'm emotional I can barely talk it's it's after 10 o'clock that that is exactly what this fan base needed to have happen I know one point preseason victory people are going to say we're overreacting no I will not allow that good for this team good for this city good for Jonathan Gannon I feel like Jonathan Gannon because Jonathan Gannon was like you know I feel like he was on the sideline he's like oh that was cool yeah and he was like all right let's just let's move on like like, this is what it is right I listen man that was fun that was yeah. fun. That that first half was a, a big dull dud offensively, <laughs> uh, but like that second half was fantastic. And I thought, dude, there was a lot of good things that we saw out there today on that field. That oh, that it gives you a lot of promise and hope for the future for sure. Love this engagement in the chat already. Thank you so much. We already had ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much, friend of the program. F- free matter for the blind. Let's fucking go. D line looked pretty good. I thought D line looked great. Yeah, baby. Toon looked pretty good for a rookie. We're going to talk about Clayton Toon. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about the quarterback play. You know, I was in here. I thought, frankly, game was out of hand. They had crossed midfield. The penalty to Antonio Hamilton is like, okay, happy about the effort. Dub's not there. I wanted this win. I wanted this win over Sean Payton. The underscored headline of the offseason for this show was, could Sean Payton join the Cardinals? He joins the Broncos. Cardinals make Russell Wilson look bad for much of the first half, right? I think they deserved this win. I'm so happy for this group. And I, it, really, at the end of the day, it's like everybody and their mom outside of you know the, the greater Phoenix area, Arizona, thinks the Cardinals are going to be bad. You saw it on the broadcast, and it was like, even if they don't win many games this year, just play the young player. That's fine. But for those men in that locker room, 50 to 91 men in that locker room, to get a dub on national TV. This is on the NFL Network, right? This was televised on national TV. It's great for this young team. It's great to see these young players like Michael Wilson, like Clayton Toon, ball out in this fashion. It is, while people say I'm overreacting, I think it's a nice building block, Saul, for, for JG and his culture. Every single win is a good building block. You know, you got you to gotta start somewhere. And Monty and, and JG have tried to build this team in, in a certain model. Um, and the, the, the biggest part of that is consistency. And I think mm-hmm. 
for the first time in, in quite a while, I know it's a preseason game, but right. it just felt like this was a more consistent effort from top to bottom, from beginning to finish. Like, yeah. and, and that's what that's what I'm going to take away from this game the most is like, oh, okay, this is what everybody was talking about that we were missing over the last several years and just that consistency. No erratic play. Everybody was pretty much fundamentally sound uh, throughout the game. There was a couple errors here and there, and those, yeah. those are going to happen in an NFL game, but – I, I was really impressed overall. Um, I mean, I don't know where we're going to start, but, uh, you know, like defensively, I thought that was the biggest takeaway of the game to me. But I know we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I would – and, I mean, tune. I mean, it wasn't looking so good for homie in the first half. But as a rookie, he learned, he yeah. adapted, and he and he overcame, and he got them a tie score before before all was said and done. So, hey, props to him. Yeah, and, like, he's going up against, like, part of Denver's starting defense in the first half, too, and that's what a lot of people thought forgot about. It's just, like, Denver left their starters on both sides of the ball in, like, into the second quarter, like, well into the second quarter. And Colt McCoy played one series. He was out. So majority of what Clayton Toon saw in the first half, that was Denver's starting defense. And, yeah. you know, I love this from, from AZ Fan 1988 $5 Super Chats. Thank you so much. We're going to talk about Vance Joseph. Take that, VJ. Arizona Cardinals took it to the Broncos. Send all those Bronco fans home that were in our stadium. And that's that's how you get it to be not in a way stadium for the Arizona Cardinals. You, you win games like this. You win games in the regular season. I can't believe a Vance Joseph defense would give up a fourth-quarter <laughs> lead like that. It's just so shocking. Unbelievable. It. Now, so, man, that's like I've never seen that before. Oh, man. it Clayton Toon, I know a lot of people were at me. A lot of the haters and the doubters like, Johnny C is not ready to start. Listen, I'm only comparing him to what I've seen with Colt McCoy. If the Cardinals had a Gardner Minshew or Jacoby Brissett, I wouldn't be pushing for Clayton Toon. But then you see him in the second half, Saul, and he's moving the moving the chains. He's driving the ball downfield. Did he miss some easy throws open in the flat to Greg Dorch? Absolutely. And I will say, we have seen him at training camp. He hits those throws. So I, I think that was jitters and nervousness for your first NFL game. And I you could say I'm nuts. I don't think we're going to see that moving forward. I think they get that corrected. In the second half, when he had time to throw, I mean, his touchdown pass was on the money. He's converting third down. So, well, uh, they're clearly going to go with Colt. Colt did not, you know, wet the bed, so to speak, tonight. He did what he needed to do. Got a couple first downs, right? It wasn't his fault that they didn't convert on third and one. Colt's their guy right now. I mean, you, you got to be pretty optimistic with what you've seen from Clayton. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I think one of the things about Clayton was is that he just did not – he didn't feel like a rookie tonight. You know, yeah. He didn't feel like he was in his first preseason game ever. And he just looks composed. He's looked composed all training camp. There's yeah. been no difference there. We've seen him in person multiple times. Always looks like he's in control. Um, and he didn't seem like he sped himself up. Uh, he took what the defense gave him for the most part. Had some great reads tonight. Um, those two in the flat. Yep. Nah, we'll get. We'll work on that. That's I want my guy Greg Dorsey to catch the ball, man. So, uh, so I was, was biased right there. He was wide yeah. open. But, yeah, um, that, six, that. Uh, kickoff return though. You saw that where he's bouncing off people. He he's fan, smacked he's in the face and kept going. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty subtle. Uh, but like, uh, listen, I think the biggest thing for Clayton Toon was is that he was getting punched in the mouth earlier in the game. Yeah, things weren't going right. That interception. Uh, was was a fluke interception. Rondell Moore would have normally caught that for a first down. down. Um, but he adjusted, and then he came back, and that's the kind of mental fortitude you need from your starting quarterback or your quarterback, a backup, whatever. And that's the type of mental fortitude that this this franchise is starting to look for 
from top to bottom at every single position. So kudos to, to Clayton for putting that tune down. Kudos to all you guys are crushing it with these super chats already. Everybody's crushing it. Cardinal Sin, 96, 10 bucks. Thank you so much for that. I know it's only preseason, but that last drive was fucking awesome. It, it was, was awesome. tuned, looked good. Defense was solid. Rise up, Red Sea. Finally, good, good yeah. vibes coming back. I love this super chat right here. Jeremy in the chat throwing a little shade at our boy Cliff. $2 super chat. Cliff won and eight home last year. So <laughs> Gannon. One and oh, I will take it. No one, no one remembers what Cliff was in the preseason last year. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna count it. We're counting it. That's a two dollar super chat. We're counting it. Jalen Blair, friend of the program, tune really struggled with those flat passes consistently high and wide. And again, that was the, those were the one areas where he was erratic. So I, I, they know what he needs to work on. But what I've consistently been saying throughout the time watching him, when you want to move the ball in the air down the field. 20, 30 yards downfield, he can do that, right? He can stand in there and rip it. His touch throws, a little bit erratic, but he did not have issues with completion, completing passes at Houston. He had a high completion percentage. This is not Josh Allen, Logan Thomas. You're coming in the NFL with 50% completion. I would imagine they get that corrected. They, he also, like for the most part, did not have a, a consistent run game tonight. He was playing in there with backups and not until like that last drive where they given him a little bit of grace. They were trying to work off a of play action. He's running around. So I'm not making excuses for him, but I would say like 13 to 23, a touchdown and a pick for a guy who is fresh out a non power five conference. Who's QB two already. I think that's pretty good. I think that's fantastic. But he, the other thing is, it's like the ball control. Like, I'm sorry, folks. I don't have my stats in front of me. Uh, my computer is like completely shut down, but I know that they controlled the ball. A significant yeah. portion more than the uh, the Broncos had the ball. Like I at one point in the first half, I think it was like nineteen to eleven in ball control. This mm -hmm. is what you're going to need, even if you're not putting up points. And this is something Cliff Kingsbury could not get into his fucking head last year. Was that <laughs> like, dude, if you're going three and out in fifteen seconds, that's not helping your defense. Like, and this year because of you know on paper so far, we think that the defense is going to be a little weaker up front than most teams. Um, you have to be able to run some clock. You have to give them a breather. And I think that's yeah. my my offensive biggest takeaway was the fact that they did control the clock as much as they possibly could, despite the fact that, you know, they weren't really scoring at all. But no. it didn't matter because they were running clock. Even, even the three and outs, they still ran significant clock. And yeah. that's good. There were no wasted possessions. So to, to your point, they won time of possession by over 10 minutes, 35 to 24 and it felt that way and a lot of that Saul was in the first half when Denver's franchise quarterback consistently kept going three and out I mean the Cardinal defense say what you want about him that front seven Zayvon Collins who does not look like that in practice and maybe they're like we're gonna finally unleash you you can hit people and bring them to the ground he looked violent tonight that's a building block I thought the linebackers filled well the time of possession was key. I will say, and I tweeted this out, like I think they need another back. Now that Marlon Max hurts, somebody's asking where was Keontae Ingram? I think they're holding him out. They just they don't have a lot of juice on the ground. And it's like, I love James Connor. Like it's gonna be a lot of James Connor, obviously, but he you got to do like a 60, 40, 70, 30 kind of balance with James. He's in his late 20s. That's where like like where this backfield was at its best a couple of years ago is you had like a thunder and lightning approach with with he and Chase Edmonds. They don't have that that entity right now. And you see it tonight, Saul. Like this offense is going to be prevalent on being able to run the football. Not only like we're running it to score points, 
We're running it to survive. We're running it to keep yeah. our defense off the field. And what I really appreciated about this offense, even when they were struggling in the first half, third and four, third and two, third and five, how many times under Cliff Kingsbury, it was like third and 22, third and 17, <laughs> negative plays, right? And it's like, Kyler, go save us. Do something, you know, out of the ordinary, scramble around, pick up a, a first down, get a get a penalty, right? That's not this offense. This offense is is minimizing mistakes. And I, I would say outside of the sacks were a problem in the second half off of play action, outside of that, like very manageable down and distance tonight for this team. Agreed. Agreed. Top to bottom. Like, I, I think the other thing is like when, when they were going through their progressions and they were going through, through their schemes, mm -hmm. um, you saw that in the fourth quarter, those runs, they started to wear down that defense. Right. Yeah. And that's not yeah. even, that wasn't even a defense that was out there the entire game. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I can only imagine what James Conner might be like in the fourth quarter. Right you know, this upcoming season, or if you get another back that can help contribute to that, like, I do agree with you. I think they need another back, really a bigger back. Um, you know, I mean, at least James Conner's size to be able to just pound because it feels like they're not going to be that kind of quick twitch team. It's going to be a lot of just grounded pound. It's um, being physical. Yeah. And a million percent being physical in the, in the chat, super chat, another $10. Thank you so much guys. Fishbowl flash $10 super chat. Paris Johnson Jr. is the answer. Uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. It's going to be the best first-round pick they've had since Kyler Murray and one of the best first-round picks the last 20 years for this franchise. He looks, so, he looks so polished and prepared. He's pushing around Randy Gregory, which, I mean, Gregory's had a cup of coffee in the NFL. He's an ex-first-rounder or second-rounder for Dallas. Like, that's a real pass rush for Denver. And he's just pushing people around. And then he sits after, what, two possessions? He had a possession with Colt, possession with uh, Clayton Toon. That's the franchise, and I, I've said this for two months now. By the end of the year, that's a top-five player on this team. That's a guy who's going to be wearing a C on his chest coming into next year, Saul. It's so refreshing, right? It's great to win, right? It's great to win anytime you win. You win with young players that you drafted like fucking four months ago. That's a, that's a beautiful feeling for this fan base. In the red-white scrimmage last weekend, mm -hmm. um, I, I was sold on Paris Johnson when he came off the block smashed the D end yep. into oblivion, yep. hit the linebacker and then took care of a safety. Yeah. I was like, yep, there he is. That's it's done. It's done. Yeah. That's a wrap. Like, yep. yeah, I, and I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be one of the best in the last. I don't think he's going to be like the best in the last 20 years. Cause there's other players like Larry Fitzgerald in 2004. One of the best. Yes. I mean, one of the best. Yes. I mean, I would say top five for sure. For sure. And, 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 and if you're saying since Kyler, I mean that's kind of you know it's not that that's not saying much for sure. No, but but listen, man, Zayvon Collins looked very strong tonight. Yeah. Um and and I think overall you gotta be happy with where this team was at going into this uh, going into this game. We had no idea what to see, no uh, what to expect. And and I thought that they did a, a very, very solid job just making sure they took care of their responsibilities. It was mentioned multiple times on that broadcast, and I think you saw the consistency, the fundamentals of this team um, come through in a very big way. One of my favorite comments of the night, fitting is the super chat. Greg in the chat, thank you so much. $1.99. Sean Payton, you can blow me. Love it. Leads directly into our player of the game, the magic man, Mr. David Blau. Eight of 14. Most of this coming on the final drive. Saul Bookman, a minute 33 left, 86 yards. 
a touchdown. Listen, it's a guy who started games for this team last year. So you figure, okay, I'm going to put him against backups and backups of backups in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. He should look pretty good. And when they finally let him rip it and the Denver Broncos under Vance Joseph played that soft ass cover two defense when they're (laughs) dropping everybody back, David Blau's like, I'll operate back here. I'll hit the open man. Kudos to Blau. I don't know if he's going to be on this team. I don't know if he's going to be in the NFL this year. I hope for his sake he is. That was fantastic. That was That's exactly what this fan base and that crowd needed, especially to stick it to Sean Payton. That's great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if Sean Payton's going to go to the podium and talk about how awful this offensive line was before he got here, but uh, it was awful tonight too, especially yeah. on that first – the first two or three drops were unbelievably bad for yeah. the Denver Broncos. Uh, David Blau took care of business tonight. I think uh, it was kind of funny that uh, I was expecting you to pull up the last player of the game graphic that I had saw in the chat – uh, until that last drive, uh, but that, that wasn't going to well. age well. That wasn't going <laughs> to age well. That wasn't going to age well. I was like, oh, I, had, man, I hope he changed it. Full transparency. I had Antonio Hamilton. He had a pick. Yeah. He had a pass breakup, and then he had a bad PI call. I was still going to roll with that had they lost because I'm just you know you got it. He had a pick. He was looking good, and the options were were minimal. Here's what I will say though. Like this, this wasn't a game in which the Broncos like controlled it in the first half and they were up like 17 nothing, and the Cardinals with backups and backups won in the second half. Like it's a close game throughout. This is mm-hmm. a scoreless game in, in much of the first quarter, ba- de- back and forth, right? Cardinals missed a field goal, Broncos missed a couple. Like, here's what I think our peeps in DMVR and Denver need to, to understand is like Broncos were bad last year, as were the Cardinals. Like, right now, these are two teams with, you know, I think head coaches that are or upgrades from their prior coaches, but also like they're probably closer in talent than a lot of people want to suggest. And a lot of people are picking Denver to win like nine and 10 games this year. And then they're picking the Cardinals to to have the first pick in the draft. And the Cardinals didn't have Kyler Murray tonight. It's like maybe these teams and the rosters are, are closer than people think. Dude, I, I listen, I know that uh, there's been a coaching change and I know a lot of people are going to be high on Sean Payton, yeah. but you might as well be high <laughs> while watching Sean Payton because that team ain't going to do shit this year. Oh, they, they'll be lucky if they win six games. It looks the same as it did it last year. It's the same it didn't team. look much different at all. The only reason why they scored is because they went cover zero in an all-out blitz. Yeah, That's on fourth down. And the fucking DB slipped. Get the hell out of here, Denver. Oh, my oh God. man. I, I love our – Zach Stevens, DMVR, joined us yesterday. He was texting me. He's like, how many starters would you say were out for the Cardinals defense? Well, I'm like, well, Buddha didn't play. And Kazir White, who calls the defense, didn't play. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's that's bad for Russ. I mean, I think Russ, to me, if you were on the fence about Russ this year and your elixir was Sean Payton, I mean, it if it's if it's not going to happen now, like, when is it going to happen uh, that's that's a rough spot to be in, uh, whereas the Cardinals are still waiting the return of their franchise quarterback. Chad, Ireland, thank you so much. $7.99 Super Chat. You guys are crushing it with the donations tonight. The foundation has been laid. Everything can now be built through coaching and culture. Absolutely. Hectic first win for the new Cardinals. Uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. I think the, the flair for the dramatic, the physicality, to be able to run it in on the last play, too, the physical nature of the defense, this is not finesse football anymore. This is not pajama ball, country club mentality of last year. This is, we, we've got some players you know, and maybe some you don't. We're going to ugly this up, right? And we're going to get after you, and we're going to make things uncomfortable. And I, talent may be an issue at times this year. Depth may be an issue at times. Work ethic and culture, that's what they're laying, and, and that's what was missing, frankly, 
the last couple of years. So they're starting from scratch with what matters, Saul. You got some shit kickers. That's what we got, baby. Let's go. Because sometimes you just got to go out there and muck it up. And that's what they did, especially at the goal line. Listen, if if you could get me off the couch (laughs) and get excited about a two-point conversion in the preseason. I was standing up. You've done something right. Like, yeah. You've done something right. Let's be real. Like, I, you got to celebrate that. Like, I don't care if it's preseason. Yeah. Let us have some joy. And so, yeah. hey, man, I, again, I, I just thought that was a fun game to watch in that second half. It was There were spots throughout the game where you could really point to and, and be really excited about. Um, I love the physicality. The offensive line showed a lot of physicality. Yeah. Um, I thought they could have done a little bit better job of, of opening some holes uh, early on in the game, in the running yeah. game. But I thought mm-hmm. in the second half they did a really good job. Of opening up those holes so i you know there, there's, there's gonna be some growing pains and and i think the other thing is is like not only is this a new regime but mm-hmm. along with that you got new players that are learning a new system all over the place and and it's gonna take some time and the fact that it came out in game one and stuck it right up sean uh, payton's uh keyhole uh is is beautiful it's beautiful beautiful thing right here two dollar super chat az fan 1998 the cardinals new jersey's they look great. Absolutely. I can't wait to see those whites pretty soon, too. The helmet looks fantastic. It's just great vibes tonight. New coaching staff, check. New 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 threads, check. New motto, new attitude, check. How about a new sports book if you haven't dabbled yet? How about our folks at BetMGM, the home of PHNX Cardinals every single football Sunday? This is fun. I'm having a great time. This is the last time we're going to do this for a Cardinal post game this year. It's not going to be. It's going to be a BetMGM. From here on out, we've got Kansas City next Saturday, BetMGM Sports with the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium, and then the remainder of the regular season, all 17 games, home and away, myself, Bullbrock, the entire PHNX Cardinals crew. So last Friday, I was at BetMGM, saw we were there, we were having a great time, doing some shows, having some fun, playing some bags, and I got a free $100 bet. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Because BetMGM, it's like Christmas every day, they're giving out free money. And I said, you know what? Cards are plus 145 next Friday against the Denver Broncos. So I took all $100 and placed it on our sweet baby Cardinals. And that motherfucker just cashed 245 right now for your boy. I did not take the tempting cash outs when they tied it. I almost did. I said, you know what? I'm going to ride or die with JG and the Arizona Cardinals. You ought to ride or die with our folks at BetMGM. Sign up for BetMGM. Use that bonus code PHNX. Speaking of free money. So a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our folks in Arizona, place your first bet offer, receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. That's a new one. All right. (laughs) It's a fun one. Uh, Speaking of new, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with some of the new brews that are be coming out with Four Peaks this fall. Uh, An oldie but a goodie new one is the Pumpkin Porter, which is my favorite beer anybody makes ever in the history of brews. In the meantime, I'm sipping on a wow wheat tonight. I'm watching the Cardinals. uh, And what can I say? It's all about our friends at Four Peaks Brew that hasn't already been said the premier brewery in Arizona. 
The Tempe location is fantastic. What's your favorite thing to eat at the Tempe location? Uh, I like the seasonal menus. So, like, I'm, I'm always trying to, uh, to vary it up a little bit because they always have every every month, I think, or every other month, they always change up their menu to, uh, based on the season. So, right now, I think it should be uh, their uh, their onion soup, their French onion soup. Oh, fantastic. Which is always a hit. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is to go to BetMGM and get some Four Peaks Brew uh, this fall with all of you. So, again, you know how it rolls. You come to BetMGM this fall with a PHNX Cardinals t-shirt or a PHNX General t-shirt like my guy Nux here. You get a you get a Four Peaks Brew on me or my co-host, Bull Brock. Come up, hang out, party with us, become a diehard. We're going to talk about that. But you got to be 21 years and older to participate and drink Four Peaks do so responsibly. We talked about a lot about the good with this team, and there was a lot of good. Anything stand out for you that you're a little bit concerned over? I don't think there's any red flag, so to speak, the sirens going off, but there is like one or two things I'm like, hmm, probably want to clean that up. But anything stand out top of mind for you, Saul? Oh, man. You know, not not really. Nothing yeah. that was like really – I mean, maybe the field goal kicking. Yeah. Uh, you know, Prater, again, misses uh, – misses, I mean, it was like – it felt like it was an egregiousness. Um, you know, it, but other than that, I think there was just small little things here and there throughout the game that you'd like to see cleaned up. But, there again, the Broncos weren't going back to something over and over and over again to exploit it. It was like when the Cardinals would make a mistake, they cleaned it up. Yeah, and they didn't make it again. Like, and and that shows growth and improvement. So, I I can't really point to one specific thing if if I'm being honest about that that game that I would be like, ooh, that's that's a little bit troublesome. I would say maybe like guys like Rashad Lawrence playing so late into the game, who a lot of people thought was going to start for this team, and he's playing like into the fourth quarter. Like, I don't think that's good news for Rashad. You know, Cameron Thomas, he had a sack tonight, but he wasn't with the first team. That's a little bit concerning. I'll tell you what, though, the starting defense, though, I, and I give Dennis Gardeck a lot of crap on this show, but if he's good enough for JG's defense and Nick Rallis, he's good enough for me. He had a sack tonight, high-energy guy, dancing around. They, we love our long-haired peeps in, in Arizona, right? Uh, number 45, fantastic. So uh, I'll, I'll give him his due. Um, but, again, I, I still think guys like B.J. Ojolari, Majay Sanders, when they get healthy, have higher ceilings, but – on the flip side, offensively, I would have loved to have seen, you know, Greg Dortch have some opportunities in the passing game. I would have loved to have seen Michael Wilson get more targets. And I think that's with Colt McCoy in particular, because it's it's hard to think back all the way to that first drive saw where he's dinking and dunking. I think he completed like 4.6 yards per pass, something like that. Yeah. The offense is going to be not a roller coaster, but it's going to be very like mistake, non-oriented, like minimal mistakes safe hit the open receiver and that's fine but at the same time i think it just like when hollywood brown comes back i think it just limits what the potential of this offense and no shit johnny they don't have kyler murray yet but hopefully that means like just steady the ship cold until k1 comes back because i think the offensive skill players are vastly underrated to what people think the first drive uh colt threw a screen pass and i had an immediate flashback yeah. Um, so it's like no more screen <laughs> passes. Um, I, I I think I would have liked to have seen Cole out there one more drive. Me too. Um, I, Me too. You know, what I mean, I I felt like they yanked him too early, and you know, yeah. I know that's because um, Father Sawdust in the shoulder is always there, so um, you can't work him out too hard. But um, yeah. I, I think other than that, again, I, I wasn't I wasn't too worried about everything. I, I think 
I like the fact that they changed up their personnel. They had yep. they showed a lot of different formations both on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, and I, I was happy. They tested a lot of different things out. They saw what guys could do. And they'll have a better plan moving on to the next game, and, and they'll start to do a little bit of a pseudo game plan before they wrap things up in game three. And, I mean, next week is probably – I mean, I, I know it's only three games, but next week is kind of like the show. Yeah. Next week's a big deal because yeah. I don't think anybody's going to play against the Vikings the week after that. They're going to practice against the Vikings all week. That's the showcase. And then a lot of guys – that you saw tonight in the fourth quarter are going to be fighting for jobs. But, you know, I, I think <clears throat> Denver, you know, they're playing Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, like, well into the second quarter. Cardinals didn't have their number one receiver in Hollywood Brown. James Conner didn't play. Their number one and two tight end in Zach Ertz and Trey McBride didn't play. You know, for me, it's like, okay, I'm on Colt's ass a little bit. But at the same time, you know, let's wait till week one, assuming Kyler doesn't play. I still think there's maybe an outside chance. Let's see what Colt looks like with the uh, array of weaponry that they're really going to have have to lean on. And I think that if there's one takeaway, I again, that I took from this offense, it's just north and south, minimal mistakes, taking care of the football. Outside of the play by Rondell Moore where he fell on the interception, like they were really never close to turning the ball over again. They had good ball security, right? I thought the backs ran hard. It's just, I think, you know, at the end of the day, this team is going to be very reliant offensively, not defensively. And we'll talk about the defense in, in a little bit. But I think offensively, it's like you need James Conner all season to be able to be competitive. You need Hollywood Brown. You need Trey McBride and Zach Ertz. You need Kyler Murray eventually. If if not, it, like you need your star players. This team does not have enough offensive depth to be able to say, well, we can win games midseason with this crew that we saw tonight. You probably can't. Whereas on the defensive side, what I think is most encouraging is, like, can anybody in the chat name me the starting defensive line tonight that was whooping up on Russell Wilson? It was interchanging, right? Those guys are all – they're going to run four to six deep. They're going to be able to sub in and out with JG. I I trust JG on the offensive side or defensive side. Offensively, I think it's just – you just knock on wood and hope some of these guys saw can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I think what defensively, I, the, the great thing is, is that you saw exactly what they talked about with JG – when he was in Philadelphia is that he's going to make it simple um, for everybody to know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And for the yeah. longest time, it felt like we had these overly complex defensive coordinators that were trying to be, you know, fucking the Einstein of the NFL <laughs> yeah. and try to out outsmart you and out trick you and all this other stuff. And, and sometimes that turned around and bit you, yourself in the ass. And I think yeah. JG simplified this. And when you simplify things, you have guys that know what their roles are and they can play uh, assertively. And, and I thought I think you saw a lot of that tonight. He simplified everything for everybody. Everybody knows what their role is, and that, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing to watch. Offensively, I would tend to agree. There's, there's, I, I don't know what this offense is truly going to look like until we get Kyler into the fold. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be pretty vanilla for the most part um, when, when it's Colt or if it's Toon. I don't think you're going to see too much, you know, razzle-dazzle. But uh, I do think that, Kyler is going to add a much needed element of surprise either in the run game um, or his versatility passing. He's the best passer that we have on the roster. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's got the strongest arm. Like he's, he's, he's Kyler fucking Murray. Like that's yeah. just what he does. So yeah. um, it, it's going to be fascinating to see what Drew Petzing is going to do with Kyler and what, yeah. what kind of shift he makes um, uh, on that side of the ball. But I mean, we got a long way to wait until we get there.
Yeah, Bo Brock, we're, we're not sure. I think he's going to try to join us from uh, State Farm Stadium. He did text me and say that he heard from the press room is right next to the, the, the um, uh, not the training room, but the locker room, that mm -hmm. Gannon was fired up, screaming, yelling, players were fired up. I mean, that's that's priceless, man. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Because at the end of the day, it's like you, you really don't know what you have in JG until you put the product on the field. And I think there are a lot of people externally outside this market, maybe some skeptics locally that were like, you know, Gannon was a byproduct of that loaded Philly defense. And he just, I don't think he can build a culture. That's all, you know, Howie Roseman. That's, that's all, all those, Gariani. that's all those fickle cheese steak eating Philly fucks. That's oh, all that man. is. Yeah. Come on, man. There were people, I mean, I, Gannon to me, all I heard about him from people that I trust, that people who cover the NFL, coaching the NFL, it's like Gannon's a head coach and waiting for like the past like three to five years. And he just waited for the right opportunity. He thought he was going to be the Houston head coach. And they said, no, we're going to go with D'Amico Ryans. And that's fine. He played for Houston. But and the Cardinals, I think, got the best coach for their situation to match what they're doing, to match what their GM wants to do. This is not a team like the team last year under Cliff, right? They, they were trying to basically win on talent, and you're leaning on vets like Watt and Ertz and A.J. Green, and, and then you just hope Cliff can put it together offensively. But it wasn't, a, in my opinion, no disrespect to Cliff, it wasn't a true head coaching job. He and Vance were like co-head coaches last year, and it didn't work. Whereas, like, does anybody question who's in charge now? You look at Jonathan Gannon, and it's like, I, dare I say, Saul, and you have a background. It's like military-esque. He's standing there on a, like a hard ass on the sideline with his arms crossed, right? Yep. Austin Ford's the same way. It's like, we may not be the most talented team, but you're going to have your shit together because if not, we'll get rid of you. We cut DeAndre Hopkins for tw $21 million. We're eating that right now. Culture matters to them, absolutely. Yeah, you know, JG, <clears throat> stoic on the sideline. Yeah. And not really not giving you any emotion whatsoever. So the fact that he got into the locker room and then showed any type of emotion. Yeah. I feel like is a great sign because what you want on the field is somebody not to appear rattled or overly emotional about a moment. Right. Like you need yeah. you need some some solid, uh, you know, emotion out there, I guess is the yeah. best word. Um, and, and I think you get. Yeah. You get some composure. There you go. That's the word. Um, and, and Monty has that, too. And if you've ever seen Monty at, at training camp, right? Stoic as hell. Until yeah. un until until a, a player comes up and approaches him, or even one of us walk by him, and then he's just like, he goes from here to, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. yeah and you yeah, smile yeah, on his face, right? And then he goes right back to it. <laughs> it's just the craziest thing ever. Uh, so uh, It's listen, like... I they're, they they remind me so much of just like what every buttoned up front office head coach operation has. It's just like people who head coaches should be intimidating. I'm sorry. Like you should be scared of your head coach to screw up and then they can coach and they can elevate you. You have to have that respect though. You can't, you can't be everybody's friend, right? You yeah. have to challenge players. Like one of the first things I heard was when Gannon, they looked at film in the spring in OTAs he's ripping people and people are looking around like it's OTAs. What's going on here? It's the new reality. It, it's something they probably never, I never heard Cliff Kingsbury rip anybody, right? It's like Bruce Arians demanded respect and he gave it when you earned it. And, and it just feels like for the first time in what Bruce left in 2017, 2018, like half a decade, it feels like they have that again, albeit with a, with a, in my opinion, a, le a lesser talented team, 
but you got to start somewhere. And man, I just, I feel like they are going to look so much different on Sundays, so much more prepared that if they get beat, they could lose games, but it's not going to be because of effort. They're not going to like last year. Remember the opener against Kansas City? Didn't even look like a professional team. Yeah. They didn't look prepared at all. No. You know what I mean? And at least, at least I, I have confidence, like talent wise, they might not be able to match up. Okay, yeah. cool. But schematically and, and fundamentally, they're, they're going to be in the right positions. They just might yeah. get outworked by better players. And that's mm-hmm. okay. That's something you can deal with. But what you can't deal with is just out, outright tomfoolery on the field. Like people yeah. just fucking, you know, like like they pointed out on, on, on the broadcast multiple times about how it would just be like, all right, well, third and 16, Kyler. Run around for a miracle. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's not going to happen this year. That's not going to happen this year. And what, whether they win a lot of games or not, I think that's irrelevant this year. I think for the first time as Cardinals fans, we can legitimately look at a team and, and look at how they're playing and understand like, this is a process mm-hmm. and this is part of the process of them getting better and building a championship mentality, a, a championship culture. And, and this is, it's okay if we lose these games, because the way we're losing them, and it does matter how you're losing games. If you're getting your ass absolutely worked up and down the field and you don't look like you belong, that's a far cry from you're in every single game. Fundamentally, you should be right there. You just don't have the horses to compete. That's okay. I can deal with the latter. I can't deal with the former. I'm told Bo Brock, uh, our co-host, is calling in momentarily. But first, has anybody seen the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie? I went last night. It's flipping awesome. And if you want to rep TMNT on the golf course, our friends at Pins and Aces have got you covered. They have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, club hats, which are awesome. They've got TMNT polos. Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel of PHNX All City. Great stuff. I always say, saw when I wear my Pins and Aces polo, like I'm peacocking. It's like a pole that people come up and like, where'd you get that? The material is super soft. I'm going to tell you right now, stuff goes in and out of stock fast because this stuff is so hot. So go on, check it out, pinsandaces.com. We're going to hook you up 15% off your first order at pinsandaces.com. Plus, how about this free shipping? Check out their selection. Also, check out the selection, Saul, our friends, OGs. Have you watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on OGs? I I have not. That would Uh, be quite the experience. it It is far better. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and it'll be a far better experience for any of you out there. Yeah. OG's Brands is the number one edible in Arizona. You can go to ogsbrands.com to find the closest dispensary to you. They got the fruits. They got the creams. They got the Happy Balance gummies. They got the pink lemonade. My yeah. favorite is the Happy Balance gummy because sometimes I get a little, I, I, I just need a little calm down a little bit. Yeah. I just got done playing basketball on Tuesday for the first time in like a decade. I had a bunch of aches and pains. My knee is still swollen from Tuesday. So I will take a Happy Balance gummy so I can get rid of a little bit of that achy pain and uh, just chill out for the night. So go to ogsbrands.com, check out the closest dispensary, get yourself some edibles, enjoy. And remember, you must be 21 years of age or older to partake. It's a professional read right there. This is a professional super chat. Greg in the chat, another one, $1.99. I don't recognize this team without 10 plus penalties. You and me both, Greg. (laughs) That, I mean, yeah. penalties, turnovers, delay of games, snaps over the head. It's going to feel like this year we're ripping on Cliff a lot, but like all we can do is compare this team to what came before it, which was last year. And last year was a disaster. And so 
if we talk about progress and growth with this team under JG, you have to point out like, hey, that's way better than last year. Look at that. They're doing things differently, right? They don't have penalties. They're cleaning shit up. They're, they're, they're buttoned up on game day. It's fantastic. So even if you're a Cliff Kingsbury fan, I like Cliff as a person. Always respectful to me. So mm -hmm. you chatted with him. Super nice guy. Just it wasn't right for this team. Speaking of right for this team here on PHNX Cardinals, <laughs> look at that picture of Bo Brock live from State Farm Stadium in the press box. Full head of hair. Fantastic. What's the good word? First of all, you mentioned to me in a text message, JG Wilden in the locker room. Tell me about that. You know what? He came out a little subdued after uh, we heard just all the noise going on in the locker room because it's not, it's just a few feet from the press room, right? And you yeah. could just hear JG just riling up the troops after a big come from behind victory, two seconds left on the clock. And without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, there's David Blau, David Blaine Blau, the magic man, hitting Brian Cobbs for the touchdown and then going for two, pulling at Mari Dermacato in there. And, and JG, though, uh, you know, he's all business at the podium, but you could yeah. hear that he had the guys fired up. He's delivering game balls, and there were plenty to, to give out tonight uh, with a solid performance at home at State Farm Stadium. Did he give a – you like that? No? Like that. <laughs> we didn't get a Kirk Cousins, you like that. But, uh, you know, David Blau's got some ties to Kirk Cousins. We saw him in quarterback, but – it was uh, overall a good a good win. Even like even if they went home with a with a loss, I think that the 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 home team crowd. I think everybody saw something that they liked, especially on the defensive side, guys. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the defensive side. Were you impressed with how this really kind of no name front seven played against Denver's ones that shockingly stayed in until the second quarter? And it's like I posted to the, everybody in the chat. It's like, does anybody know who started on the defensive line? Like Ledbetter and LJ Collier. Like, do you believe like this defense has a chance to be ahead of schedule in 2023? I, I think it's it's certainly got a chance because they've got the depth that they, they haven't had on that side of the football for a long time. And they've got guys that know where they're supposed to be. They know what their assignments are. Talked to Zayvon Collins in the locker room afterwards. And I said, you know, how was it like, be an off-ball linebacker to be a guy that's coming off the edge. And he's like, well, it's it's pretty simplistic, right? Like, I know what my role is. I know where I'm supposed to go. Uh, and and it's kind of simplified for him. It's, they simplify it, and, and it seems like it's it's next-level thinking, but it, it really is just know your role, know your assignment, and know where you're supposed to be on any given play. And these guys are playing with their hair on fire, their ears pinned back, and you saw it. I mean, in the first half, they had two sacks and eight quarterback hits. Russell Wilson, I'm sure, came away from this game like, why did I get hit so much? You know, and mm -hmm. Russell Wilson looked like Russell Wilson last year. And what did I say on Friday, Johnny, or on Thursday, Johnny? It's like we didn't want to see Russell Wilson look like Russell Wilson of old. We saw that too many times play against the Cardinals in years past. It was nice to see him not figure it out in week preseason week one for, for Sean Payton. And a credit to Nick Rollis and Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals defense for that. You know, they, they, we talk about their quarterback in, in the Broncos and Russell Wilson. But what about our quarterback specifically? Uh, Clayton Toon um, and how he was able to kind of bounce back after kind of a rough start in the second half. What did what did Jay Z say anything about that, or did you have a chance to talk to anybody about that? Yeah, we talked to both Jay Z and we talked to Clayton Toon himself. And I think Clayton Toon, the way he, I, I, he he's a very confident kid. I don't think he'd ever say like it was too big of a moment for him. But look, he's a fifth round rookie coming from playing in in Houston to playing you know in the NFL. He's going against 
you know, Denver's won for the bulk of the first half. And yeah. I think that it, it just was a little fast for him out there. And and that, that proved to, to be true and, and a bit overwhelming. And he had, you know, Rondell Moore didn't help that he slipped and he, he kind of hit the defender right between the numbers there for his first interception where it seemed like he was rolling. But in the second half, completely different player, right? We saw more poise. We saw more moxie from a guy. And that's what you want, right, from a, from a rookie to learn from his mistakes and also – you know, be a guy that can come back and, and shake off the rust a little bit and perform even better, not just kind of say, oh, you know, it's not my day uh, and this this defense has my number. He came out and he, and he balled out and it was it was good. And, and I think that that's why people like Clayton Toon so much is, you know, you sometimes you'll see the rookie mistakes that you're going to see from any rookie, but his ability to bounce back, have a short-term memory, but also learn from those mistakes. And we that was on full display tonight. Were you surprised we talked about a bow that, that Colt only got one series or was it like they got a couple first downs yeah. and I'll give Colt credit, like did just enough, completed a couple third down conversions, you know, 4.3 yards per, per completion. That's, that's what it is. Four for four, but they're going to, they're going to attempt to run the football. They didn't have their full complement of offensive weapons. Like, am I going to sit here on the post game show and be like, I'm convinced Colt McCoy is ready to go week one. I'm not going to do that. And a lot of people were coming at me like Clayton looks terrible, like a rookie. See what you were wrong. I, I'm sorry. Colt looked fine. He looked pretty vanilla, frankly. Like, are what did you see from number twelve in in the opening series? Well, I mean, Gannon said that they they had a lot of amount of snaps for everybody, and it seems like the first the, the ones hit theirs, and they they were fine with what they saw. And sure. you know, I, I think that I think what you want, Johnny. I don't know if you're ever going to get it in this preseason. I just don't think you're going to like, they have the, this for the regular season. You're right. Well, hopefully that's not the case, but yeah. I, I mean, you saw a guy that was, he was seeing some pressure and he was dumping it off. He was Johnny check down and that's fine. <laughs> that's all. It's all well and good. You know, I think he, in his series, he goes, he gets two first downs and then they get a run play blown up in the backfield by right. maybe a missed him. assignment. Right. And that's not on Colt McCoy. You know, they probably could have gotten points. Um, so, you know, it, it is, it's like, I'll call it what you're calling it. Maybe a little bit less reluctantly. It's fine. Right. And I think that the, that's what you needed from Colt McCoy. You just needed to kind of hold serve and continue on to uh, next week. Is it is it is it March Madness for Colt McCoy at this stage of his career? Just survive in advance? I don't know. No, yes, I think that's, that is, that's exactly what it yeah. is. We're, well, we're going to need to see. Next week will be his last week. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like until the play, opener. Yeah, until the uh, opener, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be it for him. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I didn't mean like last week. Period. Like, right. No, I, I don't really think his arm is made out of sawdust. So. <laughs> So let's talk about these rookies because I know somebody mentioned I, I'm shot. I'm, I apologize. I haven't brought up Keytrail Clark yet. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. CB2. Paris Johnson Jr. I told Saul he's going to be one of the best first rounders of the last 20 years for this franchise. I stand by it. Shoving around Randy Gregory like a rag doll. Michael Wilson caught both balls that were thrown his way. I mean, like they're, they're winning with, with young players, specifically from this rookie class, Bo, that has a chance to be, if not special at least lay the foundation for this rebuild. Yeah. They didn't need to see a lot from those two, huh? Like we barely no. saw those guys. You're play. fine. Like, You're good. We, yeah. Take your pads off, put your sweats on, and then just enjoy it with the rest of the vets because that's how we view you guys, uh, your importance to this roster. I talked to JJ. I said, what did you see from, from a guy in Paris Johnson Jr.? He said, I saw a guy that never looked like the moment was too big. I and, I mean, you absolutely, yeah, just, just – 
boil it down, inject it into my veins. Absolutely. I need it. You have to. <laughs> so Paris Johnson Jr., PJ2, uh, solid there for the Arizona Cardinals, and Michael Wilson just ho-hum, two catches, uh, and, and call it a night. Uh, but, you know, he, he was getting open against oh, a cornerback for the first-team defense. We didn't see, you know, the certain matchup that everybody wanted, even JG. So, uh, you have to love it from those two. Keytrell, you know, three tackles combined. He was around the ball, past defense. He had that ball that was over his head from Russell that maybe he could have made a play on. JG mentioned that in the presser, but – you know, he, that's his baby. That's a guy that he wants to mold. He's from his alma mater, and he's a guy that, you know, competes how he wants him to compete. Um, didn't see too much from, you know, we saw some a lot of playing time from from uh, from Papo, Owen Papo in the second half, but didn't see yeah. too much as far as an impact being made there. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a solid, you know, first game for Monty Osterport's inaugural draft class. Did you think uh, anybody else – um, was either overwhelmed or shined brighter than than most, like you know, either either end of the spectrum. I mean, I I loved what I saw from Zayvon Collins. I was tempering expectations just because you know, there through camp he's really working on his technique. He's not as physical as, as you want to see from a pass rush. And there was a guy that was he was as physical as he could possibly be. He was fast. He was making sound plays as far as where he was coming and, and how he was approaching ball carriers of the quarterback. I think that, you know, Zayvon Collins is in this pass rush is going to surprise a lot of people. I think that this is, they've got depth. It's like you, you even see Gardeck get a, a sack after making a, a, maybe a bad play before that kind of bounced back and, and picked up himself up. And then Cameron Thomas had a sack in this game. He saw a ton of pressure and, yeah, I, I, I really love what I saw from Zayvon Collins. Uh, I see Jose saying Antonio Hamilton he had one pick, almost had two. Uh, he was – I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of ham early in the first half, a guy that was, you know, CB2 on the depth chart. Uh, but he was playing, you know, kind of with the threes and fours. And what's he do? He, he makes a play for himself, yeah. and I think that was important for him. Yeah, that, that's going to continue to have that CB2 battle uh, move forward throughout preseason and camp. So um, – but as far as, like, the young guys uh, – Nothing too crazy. Like offensive line, you saw four of the five starters out there. Nobody made any big mistakes. Maybe Elijah Wilkinson uh, and, and some like procedure stuff like Dennis Daly going in and being or, – or a tight end being off the line of scrimmage. It wasn't too crazy. Everything looked smoother uh, than what we've seen in the previous four years. I'll say that operationally. Well, and it's got to make Cardinal fans feel good. Like your head coach – yeah, he's a leader of men, and you want everything to be in sync. But, like, he's a defensive guy, and the defense looked good. Like, that's your calling card. Like, you look at the Jets with Robert Sala, like, that's what they have, right? The Cardinals want that, and then they want Kyler Murray to carry them offensively. Speaking of the offense, Bo, I, I did tweet out, because I do think it's it's something they're going to have to address. Like, James Conner can't, can't touch the ball every play as the running back for this team, and I don't know if it's realistic to expect him to stay healthy for 17 weeks. They need to add a little juice to this backfield, right? Like Keontae Ingram didn't play, which is surprising, right? He sat out the red mm-hmm. and white, and he practiced this week. I, I texted somebody in the know about Kareem Hunt before the show, and they said they like Kareem Hunt, but for the culture that they're building, like that's their concern. It's a culture non-fit for them. So I, I think that really kind of, in my opinion, puts it to bed because they haven't sniffed around for this yet. I, I just was not particularly blown away by any of the backs tonight. We saw Corey Clement leave the game. So what is the state of this backfield? 
I think this this backfield is, is very close to being pushed into taking maybe a, a more of a name off the free agent market. Don't yeah, you I think? think so. I mean, the fact that I, I think that they would have rather shied away and gone with maybe a bit of more youth at that position. But now, I mean, they were they were staring down, you know, it was Dermacato and Tyson Williams, their only available backs at the end of that game. I mean, Corey yeah. Clement left. We don't really have an update as far as what he's facing. Marlon Mack, we know his he had his torn Achilles last week. They added just uh, Stevie Scott, who was in – I think he was wearing his jersey today, but, I mean, the guy was signed off the streets the other day. Probably going to need to add, you know, one or two more backs before this is all said and done. And, like, who's yeah. available? I, they worked out Max Borgie from Washington State. Uh, huh? they, yeah. they ain't going to do it. No, 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 no. Right. So they need, maybe, yeah, like – they're not going to sign Zeke, right? But right. like, go there. There are people that fans would recognize from the fantasy football streets that like need a job. All these backs are available, but like, they got to be the right fit. They I know, be the right yeah. fit. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing. I don't think they're going to compromise on that. I don't think they're going to compromise on just bringing a dude in because they think he can help, but he's not a great fit culturally. Like, I think, I think they're going to be pretty staunch about that for sure. But then again, however. You know, if you're looking at the the Bill Belichick way, there has been a time or two where they have varied a little bit. You know, you think about Randy Moss, LeGarrette Blunt, you know, yeah. guys like that that didn't have the best track record or the best history um, that they brought in because of their talent was just undeniable. And so if, if they feel that way, maybe they will make a, a little bit of a move. But I don't see Kareem Hunt at all. I, I really don't. That's yeah. It's it feels like it's a fit because of Drew Petsing, but it just they have not touched him, and I don't think they will. I'm going to get to these super chats here in a second, but I want to remind everybody: check out Foco.com. This JJ Watt bobblehead, tons of great stuff. They've got a Paris Johnson Jr. bobblehead from Draft Night that we've had our eye on. It keeps going in and out of stock. Check it out. Check out great licensed gear for all sports fandoms: straw hats, bags, polos, anything you need, and just like cool shit that you can't find at brick and mortar stores anywhere else accessories you know i love my toys collectibles they've got our back here in arizona we should have theirs and i'm going to hook you guys up 10 percent off at foco.com with the promo code phnx for all non-sale pre items that's foco.com promo code phnx i mean let's let's get fired up about paris johnson jr let's pick up a bobblehead of the young man from foco.com Jim Bodacious in the chat, $10 super chat. You guys have been fantastic with super chats tonight. Was watching the game with son-in-law Cowboys fan. Bad mouth cards all night. Love we you came poor back. man. And uh, look forward to K1. I would never let my daughter marry a Cowboys fan. <laughs> uh, Jim Bodacious, Tyler Murray's well, undefeated against the Cowboys. So uh, un Unfortunately, I am married to a Cowboys fan. So. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> uh, now, I will, in all transparency, in 2014, when we first started dating, uh, we absolutely stomped the shit out of the Cowboys that night. And like, yeah. I, I don't think I ever stopped talking shit to her the whole night long. And since then, she has never really wanted to talk football with me. So I don't yeah. have to deal with it anymore. So. You, you know when you go to uh, the the father of, of the woman you want to propose to and you ask for her hand in marriage, I just I say no until you change your favorite your allegiance as far as your your fanhood, you're not going to get my my daughter's hand in marriage, son. I, I told you, I told Bo what Kel said. She's like, did you bet on this game? And I said, yeah. And she said, did you bet on the Cardinals? And I said, yeah. And then she just looked at me and she walked away and she shook her head. And I said, <laughs> I can't wait till she sees me in the morning and she doesn't get any of this sweet, sweet bet slip with my folks at BetMGM. Brian in the chat, 
$2 super chat. Yo, Johnny, how about that, Gardeck? Sacking Russ. I've already apologized to Dennis Gardeck. I'm doing a lot of apologies tonight. Good for Dennis Gardeck. Listen, at the end of the day, I, I have the immense trust for Jonathan Gannon. And if you're out there, this is not Vance Joseph. You're on his scholarship program, Dennis Gardeck, playing <laughs> over guys who were drafted in the first two rounds. This is, hey, who are the best players, the 11 best players on defense? So I trust them. Put out whoever you fucking want out there as long as you produce. And guess what? That defense was great. But hang on a second. B. Joe Gilari practice yeah. this week right around the corner. And then, I mean, look at, look at, I, I've been, was you that a showcase of Gardak to send him back to Vance in Denver? Well, let's, you, let's, hey, look at you, this. You, you, made seem, you. you made it seem like he was on some kind of assistance program or something. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, shit. I already apologized, but, but we talked about it. Like, are some of these veterans playing to like kind of showcase, but they love Dennis. Dennis is all over the team's media merchandise and, Listen, I think there's a role for him, clearly. If the pass rush looks like that every week, like I won't complain because it'll be coming from, from everywhere. I just when the team was not productive. Well, he had all that he had all that talent in Philly, right? Yeah. He only got yeah. 70 sacks because he had a stacked lineup. No, I yeah. mean he, he generated some pass rush, him and Nick Rollis. I even asked him about that fourth and five touchdown. I was like, JG, are you, are you cool with that? All that pressure? He's like, I'll live with that. He'll live with that. I mean, it probably could have seen some better coverage from the safety, uh, and it would have helped out I mean, with he that. Slipped. He slipped. Yeah. He slipped, though. Yeah. So. Compare that coverage to Vance Joseph's coverage on the last drive of the game where it's that soft-ass <laughs> zone, and it's just like, come on, come on, come on, Cardinals, win the game. This is the exact Dude, I didn't even – I didn't even think about that, that VJ returned here. <laughs> Come on down. Exactly what he did. All His like, entire tenure is just bend and but break at the very last minute, and, and then the, te the opposing team leaves with a big dub. Hilarious. Flipping celebratory banner night. You beat That's Sean right. Payton. You beat Vance Joseph. That's right. Vance is just going to go walk around the stadium for a fucking mile, and he'll be okay. <laughs> hey, Sean, just hold the bus. I got to get my lap in. Okay. Hold on. Come with me. It's not clear in my mind. You got my sandwich. All right. Anybody uh, see Vance Joseph out there on 95th Avenue walking, just give him a, <laughs> give him a shout out. I We – Listen, before you got on, we had a small segment of the, of the first segment of the show dedicated to, hey, Denver, your team was bad last year, too. Everybody talking about the Cardinals being terrible. This, these rosters are comparable in a lot of ways, guys. You know, did you kind of get that vibe of like Denver thought they were pretty hot shit coming into this game? Sean Payton, Russ's fix, we're good to go. They're playing starters into the second quarter. They lose. Yeah. Tyler Murray doesn't play. A bunch of their offensive stars. Buda Baker doesn't play. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating the case study. Oh, by the way, they play in the AFC West, not the NFC West, not the NFC, the AFC West. Good good luck. Good luck to you. They got to make. They got to get better, especially offensively, quick. And it's like you know, we talked to Zach Stevens, and he said he doesn't have high expectations to where they're going to go from dead last offensively, maybe middle of the pack. But, you know, what I saw was it's still broken as far as Russell Wilson. Like, yeah. offensively, they couldn't – they really didn't compete uh, until the Cardinals had about their second and third stringers in there, and they get that fourth and five touchdown. Uh, and then you've got – but defensively, they look fine. And But that was the case last year. It's like, what's different? It, it's the same – it's a different coaching staff, but it's it's pretty much the same players. Um, yeah, and, and the same quarterback. And they've got a long way to go. Like Russ just, he was facing like a good, 
tip of the cap to the Cardinals defense for, for making him uncomfortable his entire time in there. But, you know, he's just – you go from coaching Drew Brees your last time for Sean Payton, he's just not nearly as accurate. It's going to be tough. I loved every minute of it. It was so great. Uh, and when he fumbled the ball, I thought the Cardinals were going to recover. Uh, I thought he was going to fumble the ball on a couple of the, the sacks they took. Like that, Ben DiNucci was the best quarterback for the Broncos tonight, like by a lot. Yeah. It's great. Great. Good luck to them. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. We're at BetMGM every single football Sunday. I just look over the side of my my uh, eye, the other screen that's got the Broncos game on. I'm like, oh, man, shut out again this week, Broncos. That's tough <laughs> sledding. Uh, if you want to come party with us every single football Sunday at BetMGM, best way to do it, so I'll correct me if I'm wrong, become a diehard because we're going to have exclusive invites, supreme packages that include drink and food specials, giveaways, four diehard preferences first, first priority. Go to gophnx.com. Go ahead, Saul. I got one more thing for you. So okay. this year for tailgates, uh, food, drink, if you're a diehard uh, and you have downloaded the BetMGM uh, uh, sportsbook app by yeah. using promo code PHNX, you get hooked up at every single one of our tailgates. We're talking about food, beer, good times before you go into the game. So you can save yourself some ducats uh, and come hang out with us before you go in there and, and have a good time. So again, a diehard membership is under a hundred bucks. And I'm going to tell you right now, you get all that for 17 weeks. Come party with us every single football Sunday. Plus well, well, I'm talking about the home tailgates. Home tailgate. Yeah. Home tailgate. Plus you get a free hat and or shirt when you sign up. Talk about, I mean, the value is like quadruple what you're paying for and then some, and every single year you're a diehard. It's not a one-off. You go into the merchandise locker, you pick up a hat and or shirt, whatever shirt you want. I'm going to tell you what shirt you should be buying right now. As much as I love this one, it's the brand new Greg Dorch t-shirt that just dropped. Number 83, who had a bomb-ass kick return tonight. He's going to have tutties this season. Rep number 83 with my favorite shirt we've ever released at the merchandise locker. It, it has like... Like, uh, what is it, Team USA, early 90s, Dream Team vibes with the player mm -hmm. profile. I love these kind of throwback shirts. And Saul, correct me if I'm wrong, like new material, material we've never used before on this specific shirt specifically. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of one of those vintage shirts. It's a little bit thicker. So it's like a 100% cotton kind of a kind of feel, but it's not that cheap shit, okay? It's like yeah. the vintage kind of shirts. So it's pretty dope. Also, Greg is the one that had influence on designing this shirt. Nice. So we didn't pull this one out of our ass and just design some shit. No, we talked with Greg and said, what do you like? What do you want to see? Also, just so you know, that might not be the only shirt we drop. Oh, my God. Just saying. Jesus. Just saying. What, what's better? PHNX Merchandise Soccer winning team. Greg Dorch, <laughs> all rolled up at gophnx. Raise the banner. That's Raise right. I open the show, baby. Championships, baby. Marmol, $5 super chat. This is fantastic. Hi, guys from Spain. Greetings yeah. from Spain. Just woke up to the good news. Good morning. Ciao. What yeah. grade do you give the performance of Toon Johnson Jr., Paris Johnson Jr., and Arias? Bo Brock, I'll, I'll let you grade the uh, young players for the Redbirds. Yeah, I'll give uh, Clayton Tuna C plus Paris Johnson Jr. I'll give him a B plus, and then Daniel Arias he had some big catches down the he stretch. Did. Like D David Blau was was finding him often. Um, I'll give him, I'll give him a C plus. 
Is that too tough? I, yeah. I think that that's greater. But you know what, Gannon? I feel like Gannon would give similar grades. I feel like that you're on the great Gannon grading curve. <laughs> I would give Paris Johnson Jr. an A plus, and I would say, whatever you need, Paris, I'm your guy. Pick me up, <laughs> carry me around the stadium, whatever you want to do. He, he in particular, it's just like you just can't miss on your first round picks. If there's anything yeah. that's going to derail your franchise, dicking around in the first round with tweener linebackers and undersized receivers with your top 50 picks, that's how your team becomes bad quickly. And it's just like this team just turned their brain on and they stole a first round pick from a bad Houston team next year. And they got a blue chip tackle from Ohio State. And look at the team now. Hey, it's, it's looking pretty good. They look pretty good. So A plus for Paris for me. Nah, it's game one, guys. Preseason. Okay. I'll give I'll, I'll give him an A because he's got room to grow. You know, I'll give him an A. And then I, I think with David Blau, um uh, I mean sorry, was it Clayton Toon? It was Clayton yeah. Toon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toon. I, I I'd actually give Clayton Toon a, a B minus because yeah. I felt like uh, the way he rebounded from that that first half and kind of and he put a solid drive together to get them their first touchdown. I thought that was a really nice, nice performance in that moment and, and, and really showed you what kind of mental fortitude he had. So uh, I would give him a B minus. Uh, no doubt in my mind, Bo, Clayton Toon scores again if he's left in the fourth quarter. Like he puts together another scoring drive against Denver's defense. The way he was operating in the third quarter, they were having a tough time. He was very composed. Um, love what I saw. Let's give final thoughts from both of you gentlemen here. I mean, what more can we ask for our first postgame show of the year? I'll start with you, Bulbrock. What can this do for the Arizona Cardinals, if anything? Are we making too much of this, or is this significant for Gannon and Monty Austin Ford? No, it, it gives immediate belief and buy-in to what's going on, the changes that were made, that they were the right the right moves, and people that have been going through this, this process that they put in place, and they said it's process-driven over results-driven, now you get results, and now you get even more buy-in. And I think that that's so important, and you're seeing it not just from the young guys that were drafted by the, this regime, their first players really that they added this roster, but guys who were here before that said, hey, you know, we're out here playing the same game, but we're seeing different results. We're seeing it played at a different level, and I think that that's 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 immediate, and that's that you so you can parlay that into even more success and, and get this this roster and this and this team going and trending in the right direction. In 1996-97 season, Jake Plummer was kind of dabbling with the the starting lineup and stuff like that. And that's when the Jake, the snake thing really started to take off. Um, and the Cardinals didn't score on their first drive of the season at all. That whole season, like they were awful preseason game. Number one, the very next year, first drive, first series of the game, Jake Plummer drives them all the way down, scores a touchdown. Uh, I'm sitting in the South end zone and who do they do it against? They do it against the fucking Denver Broncos. So don't tell me the preseason doesn't mean anything because that team went to the playoffs for the very first time in Cardinals history in Phoenix, in Arizona. And uh, today, I think that was a good step in the right direction against another a different Broncos team. Uh, and, and I think this is just it this just pushes you in, in a positive direction and kind of reaffirms some of the things that have been talked about behind the scenes in that locker room amongst uh, this franchise. So um, wins matter. Uh, preseason does matter. And uh, I think this is a good in uh, instance of that. Uh, this is a good instance of keeping us on air because I love it. Topic 64, friend of the program, mm -hmm. 499 Super Chat. Interception was because Rondell Moore fell down. If he had not slipped, that was a first down. Easily. Yep. Yep. Easily. 
and they probably have points that those drives and uh and who knows maybe this this game is lopsided thank you so much topic 64 another super chat from our guy bees or gal five dollars continuity chemistry on the roster will play a vital role in having a winning season k1 simmons marco jalen thompson connor collins etc plus coaching i mean they buy into gannon and the biggest factor is kyler murray comes back and plays well uh, you put all the predictions everything to the side all bets are off especially if the defense overachieves gentlemen you get k1 back and he can at least put together 80 to 90 percent of what he used to be and he can be efficient in this offense like they'll, they'll be in so many more games than people think they'll be so much fun to watch that's why like we're all on bated breath like when can kyler murray come back and and bo can colt mccoy hold the fourth down until he's ready yeah, we'll see, you know, how Colt looks and more reps in the preseason, hopefully next next week against uh, Patrick Mahomes. But we got a lot to figure out between now and then. You know, JG, I'm sure, is going to let these guys enjoy this tonight. And it's right back to work tomorrow or more like Monday for this squad. And they start prepping to, you know, let the Super Bowl champions back into the nest and another home game. And uh, we're going to be out here at the BetMGM Sportsbook. Can't wait for our, our season debut next Saturday. You guys absolutely crushed it in the chat. So fired up to celebrate this win with all of you. Jeremy putting a bow on it. Really excited for BetMGM on game days. Gonna be a blast. That's thanks to all of you. Thank you to the GM, Saul Bookman, Bo Brock, yes. live from State Farm Stadium in Glendale. I'm Johnny Venerable. Like this video, share it, subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're back on a Monday. It's Chiefs week. Topic $64.99 out of here. Blue Collar Team, gentlemen, thank you so much. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.